Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of Storytime for Weirdos. This episode is entitled Banished, Part 2. Todd huddled in the underbrush, listening intently. The hum was gone, but that didn't mean that he was safe. The news stories always indicated that these technologies were for making war on the homeland, which is why everyone had to join the military. The robotic armies of the lazy city dwellers were no match for the strong fighting men of the homeland. Todd wasn't one of those men. He had failed his tests and been expelled from the homeland. Tentatively, he stood and peered at the sky beyond the trees. Nothing. He breathed a sigh of relief. It would be best to keep moving. It might come back, he thought. Todd stepped outside the tree cover and began walking away from the fence with the homeland. He could see the road, but didn't dare venture further into the open. Should the flying machine return, he could step in the trees easily. The going was slow and difficult. The ground was uneven and hilly. The edge of the trees undulated relative to the road. As darkness fell, Todd found himself at an impasse. The valley was narrowing, with the sides becoming too steep and rocky to support tree cover. He would have to walk on the road or find another route forward. He navigated into the last copse of trees, collecting firewood and dried pine needles for tinder. He managed to start a fire in a small clearing. He sat on the hard ground eating his cheese and crackers, thankful that he'd paid attention in scouts. The night air was cold and full of sounds. Todd huddled too close to the fire as the darkness enveloped the mountains around him. He lay down on the ground and thought about his family and home. He wondered briefly why he had failed the test before drifting off. Todd woke up cold in the pre-dawn light. The coals from his fire were still warm, and he managed to coax it back to life with some pine needles and dried twigs. He stood and stretched, which is when he noticed her. A woman squatted just out of the circle of light cast by the fire. He jumped and shouted, Shh, she said softly. I'm not going to hurt you. He thought about running away, but she didn't seem dangerous. In the early morning light, he could see no visible weapons. She was dressed in dark-colored clothes and a beanie. Are you hungry? she asked, pulling a granola bar from her pocket. He nodded, and she proceeded to open it and split it in half. She offered him both halves. He walked to the edge of the firelight and took one of the halves. He maneuvered back so that the fire was between them before he ate it. She ate the other half more slowly. You come from the valley, she asked. Yes, he replied quietly. When did they release you? Um, yesterday, he said. The way the question was phrased struck him as odd. Oh, I wasn't sure, she said. You're in good shape, but you seem pretty resourceful. Your fire looks warm. May I join you? Thank you, he replied. Yes, he gestured at the area around the fire. She stood and walked into the light of the fire. Something about the way she moved made him reassess how dangerous she was. 
She smiled reassuringly. I'm Kate, she said. What's your name? I'm, I'm Todd, he replied. Todd, thank you for sharing your fire, she said. You're welcome, he said. Thank you for the food. They stood in silence, warming themselves for several moments. Todd, if I asked you to come with me to a place where you would be safe and warm, would you come with me? He considered before shrugging. I have nowhere else to go, he replied. I have a vehicle down on the road, she said. When you are ready, we can take it to a place where there are other kids like you. Like me, he asked. Yes, she said, her voice carefully neutral. Kids who were taken from their home and released here, she gestured at the mountains. Do you know why they were, he struggled briefly for the word, released, he asked, settling on her word. She smiled wryly before replying. They all say they failed a test, but do you want to know the truth? I'll tell you the truth if you are ready to hear it. She looked him in the eyes. Yes, he said in a hoarse whisper. I want to know why. The tests you took, the running, shooting, climbing, that's all fake. Do you remember them drawing blood? He nodded. That was the real and only test that day. They sent you here because of something inherent about you, something that didn't fit with their beliefs. Do you know what? he asked. What could be so wrong with him that he had to leave his home and family? She shrugged. It's not the same for everyone, but I want to be clear. It isn't something wrong with you. Todd swallowed hard and gazed in the fire. It was like Kate had read his mind. She did make a point. How could something he couldn't control, something in his blood, be the reason he had to leave? The fire was dying down, and Todd covered it with dirt and rocks. Kate watched him work silently. I'm ready to go, Todd said, his confidence, shaken by failing the tests, returning slightly. The two walked to the road where a small van waited for them. A man leaned on the van. This is Kenny, Kate said. The man nodded wordlessly and opened the driver's side door. Kate opened the back passenger's side door and gestured to Todd. He climbed in and wondered how he'd failed to hear the van approaching. He had not slept soundly, and the road was pretty close to his campfire. The van accelerated forward silently. Todd gasped and clutched his seat. Hold on, said Kenny. This doesn't run on Petro. They drove down a steep hill, the road hemmed in by sharply rising cliffs on either side. At some point, the hill peaked and they began to descend, the road winding through switchbacks. The cliffs were replaced by lush evergreens. The silence and comfort of the ride lulled Todd into sleep. He woke up when the van stopped. He rubbed his eyes and looked out the window. Outside, row upon row of buildings stretched into the sky. People walked on a crowded sidewalk, and the streets bustled with bicycles, buses, and delivery trucks. No, 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 no! Todd exclaimed, fumbling for the door handle and spilling onto the sidewalk in a panic. Kate jumped out of the van and intercepted him. Todd, she yelled sternly. Todd, calm down! She grabbed the front of his coat and pulled him close to her. You brought me to the cities, he yelled. You said it was safe, but this place is evil and, and godless. Todd, look around, she said calmly. No one here is going to hurt you. 
He did look around. People walked around them. Some looked at him with worried expressions, but no one seemed threatening. You're not going to feed me your drag queens, he blurted out. At this, Kate lost some of her composure. Kenny was standing behind him now, and he let out a bark of laughter. Kate stifled a smile. That, that's a new one. No, we're not going to feed you to our drag queens. I'll tell you what we are going to do. We're going to feed you and clothe you and educate you. We're going to give you a chance at a life you wouldn't otherwise have because every year, the place you call the homeland releases hundreds of kids like you. Gay kids and trans kids, kids with disabilities or genetic disorders. They're pulled from their families and sent into the wilderness. They do this, and they have the gall to call us evil and godless. Kate's tone was angry and indignant, and what she said shook him to his core. Oh, I'm sorry, Todd said. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. No, I'm sorry I got mad, she said. Come on, I'll show you to your new home. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Storytime for Weirdos, a bi-weekly podcast with new episodes posted on the first and third Saturday of every month.